Welcome to the EGC Marketing Podcast, where we provide you with the latest digital marketing news, performance marketing tips, and creative problem-solving skills you need to stay resilient in our fast-changing world of marketing. Listen each week and learn how to get the edge over your competition and grow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EGC Marketing Edge Podcast. I am your host, Max Ross, and today I am joined by Michael DeMarco, who is the Director of SEO at EGC. One of our goals with this podcast is to give you actionable and relevant advice to develop winning marketing strategies. SEO is one of the most powerful and perhaps misunderstood levers for growth, and Michael is the perfect person to help you understand all things SEO. Michael, it's great to have you here with us. It's great to be here. Thank you. Awesome. So I guess we'll just uh, jump right in. I know there's some debate as to what the difference between SEM and SEO is. So do you mind defining each term and identifying the key differences between the two? Yeah, of course. Um, SEO, SEM is typically, it, it can be used as sort of this blanket term, right? Where it just encompasses anything that involves marketing on search engines. Um, realistically, SEM usually, uh, search engine marketing usually pertains to the paid side of things. So that's going to be any of the results that you see that features the little advertisement annotation in either Google or Bing or whatever search engine you use versus SEO, which is strictly organic rankings. Those are the natural listing and order of websites that appear predominantly in the order that either Google or Bing thinks is the most relevant to whatever you're searching for. So that can't be paid, that can't be influenced other by other other than having good content on your website. And I know that Google, they have a lot of updates almost regularly. Uh, how do you keep up with all these updates and how do you alter your SEO strategy accordingly? Yeah, of course, there's, there's, there's a lot. Um, and the important thing, I think, with most of Google updates, and this will come from Google themselves, where they will tell you, just make good content, right? Make content that's designed for the user, for an individual first and foremost. And as long as you're doing that, you're already on a pretty strong basis. The reality is, while there's a lot of Google updates, most of the time they'll only change very small things that will have negligible results and shifts in your rankings. Um, but other times it could be something much larger and you might've heard updates. If you look into SEO, you might hear things like penguin um, update, for example. And those are some bigger things that shift stuff around. Most recently is AI, of course, it's kind of changing some of the playing field a bit. And so you want to follow some of Google's core principles, which these days fall into EEAT, which stands for experience expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. If we don't mind, can we touch on AI? Because I know you mentioned that. Um, I know the usage of AI, like with anything, is just revolutionizing the way many businesses are doing things, You know, whether it's writing new content, keyword research, et cetera. Uh, do you mind sharing, I guess, your um, views on perhaps, is there a way to use AI appropriately and what impact it's having on SEO, SEM at large? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I always like to say when it comes to AI, it's it's really best used as an intern, not as an employee. Um, that's just how I look at it. So it's great for delegating some tasks to and offloading some work to kind of expedite the process. I, I think the best case study for me personally and, and where I get the most value, and I think many other people in my position do, is by utilizing it, for example, to get content templates. So if you're working in a field or you're writing content, maybe you're not 
expert in the field, you can at least get a very good, strong baseline of what to start with by asking the AI, hey, what are some topics I could talk about in this field? Can you provide to me an outline, whether this is ChatGPT or Bard AI, right? Whatever tool you use. Can I get a clear outline on this subject? And it'll write, here's some topics you could talk about. Um, from there, it's up to you to do some of the keyword research, see if it's worth the time to write about this content, right? It's there for you to optimize as well. Um, there's been studies that have been done where the, when they started, since AI, of course, is done by real results and it takes that information and can only work with that. It was accurate for simple math questions. It would be accurate 98% of the time. And by the end of the study, they found that it was only correct 2% of the time. Um, so it's very dangerous to use AI without any oversight. So that's why I like to usually just use it for template building if, you know, whatever ways I can. Yeah, I guess piggybacking off of that, you know, a lot of, uh, I'd say, debate uh, is surrounding, uh, you know, businesses saying, listen, I, I could use something like ChatGPT to just write my own content and publish it. You know, why do I need someone to fine tune it, optimize it? Why do I need an agency? You can um, do it right. <laughs> exactly. I guess. How would you, I don't want to say, well, I guess debunk those myths and, and kind of understand the importance of, you know, proper oversight um, and quality control, if you will. Yeah. I mean, AI, when you're writing with an AI tool, if you just say, I need a blog topic about X subject, right? And you, it'll give you a whole blog. You say it needs to be this amount of word count and it'll handle that. Um, you could even say, I want to use this keyword X amount of times, and it will try to fit that in to what level of accuracy is, you know, <laughs> up to the individual case. But when when you do that, again, it falls back to those EEAT principles, which is most important to Google. And that's your writing content for people. And AI, when you get content generation, even though it can play around with the tone, even though it can play around with the presentation, the, the verbiage and the diction that it uses a little bit, it will never have the quality to answer the personalized questions. So if you're a doctor, an orthopedic surgeon, for example, um, or a dietitian, and you're writing about ways to lose weight, the best thing you could possibly do is provide your expert opinion that's unique from other things on the web. On, on the web. And that's what's going to achieve higher rankings for you, not necessarily using what the AI is pulling from other existing sources on the internet. So are there any other aspects beyond content and keyword research that be considered uh, when developing successful uh, SEO strategies? Yeah, it's, it's important. And, and at EGC, we use a lot of different tools um, at our disposal to kind of find out and get into the nitty gritty of all the aspects of SEO. Um, things such as site speed, right? How fast is your page loading, which is going to be different on desktop than mobile? Um, your site health, do you have broken links on your page? Do you have links that are so far buried on your website that users can't actually get to them, that will negatively impact your site. And it's not just gonna negatively impact that single page. Google will actually take that as a flag of a poorly developed website and it will affect the entire thing. So making sure that your site health is, is up to par. Your backlinks, do you have kind of not so credible websites that are linking to you that you might not even know about? And we have taken time in, in the past to clean up uh, backlinking schemes that websites sometimes malicious backlink schemes that clients can get wrapped into. And we've cleaned those up for some. Um, and then of course, what are your competitors doing, right? That's always a solid benchmark to you want to keep an eye on. I guess that transitions very uh, nicely into the next question. Um, SEO, like with many other spaces, it's very competitive. What do you look for in other competitors 
that I guess can be incorporated into your own strategy or exploited on to, you know, give yourself a leg up. It's one of my favorite aspects actually is, is kind of the side of it. So when you're looking at competitors, it's, it's fantastic to have a really well-written page and you could put it out there that you think this is awesome. It answers questions, but if it's not benchmarked against what your competitors are doing, then you're not going to be able to outperform them. And that's where you really get into some of the micro elements, right? Things that don't directly impact your ranking, such as word count. Word count doesn't matter for SEO. But what matters is if you answer the question concisely. And theoretically speaking, if somebody has a higher word count, they might be addressing the question better than you. Um, So that's something absolutely to be aware of. What type of semantic keywords are they using um, in in their copies? That's also very important. Um, and all those others, what's their page speed? What's the page authority? How many backlinks do they have? All of these tie into sort of outranking the competition. Now, this is uh, one of my favorite questions. Of course, like with anything, it's all about deliverables. How do you measure the success to determine if SEO updates have worked? Depending on uh, the goal that we have in mind, it'll be different KPIs, right? So the baseline always for SEO is rankings. You know, did we achieve, we have this web page. it focuses on this subject, were we able to bump it up? If yes, great, SEO was successful. Um, but there's other aspects to that too, right? Sometimes you might work on a page and you notice, well, our impressions skyrocketed. We're getting more views, but our rankings kind of stayed the same and we're not really getting more clicks to the website. That you could also see as a success. It means you're ranking for more terms and you have a wider net that you can try to optimize for when you come back around to it. Um, or you might alternatively, obviously one of the side effects of higher rankings is going to be more clicks to your website, right? You have higher click through rate as you go up in Google's rankings, position three, two, and one, um, respectively. And so that's one of the other KPIs that you want to measure against. And then of course, things like your site health, right? So stuff that goes on the back end in the code of your website, if that's cleaned up, if that's fixed, if that's polished, um, you know, compliance with with some of the Google standards, having alt text on images, right? If we're able to make sure that your website is completely compliant for those with special needs, um, that's also another benchmark. So it really varies based on what we're trying to measure. So Michael, you are the director of SEO at AGC. Um, Is there a real world example that you can cite of a successful SEO strategy and perhaps what the results of that strategy were? Yeah, so we've worked with clients uh, in the health and wellness category. And when they first came to us, they really didn't have too much of a defined strategy. So they were going for very broad keywords, very top level that were had a lot of search volume, but very highly competitive with a very weak SEO strategy behind it in order to rank for those terms. So what we were able to do at EGC was really turn it around where we narrowed down the topics they were looking for. We strengthened it with good content behind it to enter a strong internal linking strategy to build that content and really uh, highlight it and push it out more. And that was followed up by sort of revising their internal linking structure across their website as well to bring more relevance to it on top of a backlinking strategy. So doing link outreach and trying to build their overall domain authority. And the end result after going for a much more targeted approach was that what we were ranking for keywords with less search volume, they were a lot less competitive as well, which allowed them to not only rank stronger in those categories, providing them higher overall traffic, increasing by around 80 to 85% of clicks to the website, but it also was able to help push out that more broad reaching content, um, increasing that as well. 
And they were able to improve some of their overall page rankings where previously they were not on the first page, right? Rank 10 and above typically falls off that first page. Um, they were able to push into the top three results easily um, after, after some of the revisions that we were making to their website. And that helped to increase click-through rate. That helped to increase overall impressions, the amount of keywords they ranked for. Um, and again, sort of that 80 to 85% increase in overall organic traffic to their website over the long haul. And I guess lastly... Um, what are some of the tools that you use, uh, whether proprietary or generally available, that are best uh, for SEO? Uh, I cannot do my day-to-day without using, in particular, Google Search Console and SEMrush. Those are really, really pivotal. Um, and then, of course, EGC has our own tool, Radius, that we use that really helps to narrow in a fine-tuned focus towards the things that are usually most important for clients. So in a very easy to read, very easy to digest format that's completely customizable, um, we can make these content dashboards that will show you how is your engagement, what are your rankings and how have they improved, um, what are your average click-through rates, your, if you're a local business, your Google My Business impressions, and we could really customize this template to be as versatile as you need it to be. Um, and that's an important measurement tool, both for us and for the clients, because it makes it easy for them to view as well. Excellent. All right. Fantastic, Michael. Thank you so much for all of that great information. Uh, And as always, thank you to our listeners and viewers um, for tuning into this episode. If you like what you heard, please do feel free, like, share, subscribe, do what you got to do. Thank you so much for joining our fourth episode and we will see you again soon. Wonderful. Thank you so much. 